At Federal, we have products for every season and every pursuit. Our passionate and dedicated teams design, build, and deliver the world's best American-made ammunition, whether you're hunting, target shooting, or defending yourself and family. Our pride and hard work can be found in every box, ammo can, or bottle of ammunition. For us, it's always in season. It's federal season. Welcome to Federal Ammunition's podcast, It's Federal Season. I'm Jason Nash, Federal Ammunition and CCI Ammunition's Marketing Vice President, along with Media Director Brian Kelvington. Hey, Jason, we've got a fun podcast today for the listeners. Absolutely. Today we're talking about trick shooting, and one of the more popular figures today in trick shooting is 22 Plinkster. We're fortunate to have 22 Plinkster, a.k.a. Dave Nash, I like that last name, a.k.a. Plinky, join us on the today's podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Hey, before we dive in and, and get to some great discussion on trick shooting, um, you know, it, exhibition shooting has a long history dating all the way back, I mean, centuries, to some of the first ancient warriors uh, were chronicled doing trick shots. You know, they'd show off their skills while shooting a bow and arrow off the back of a horse. Um, I'm sure you've probably tried that too, Dave. Uh, not this week, but but it's but it's going to be in my near future. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, in more modern times and in North America and the Wild West, the most famous exhibition shooter is probably Annie Oakley. She was a master of all firearms, but the the record books identify 22 rifles, uh, 20, the 22 caliber rifle, as her most popular and proficient. Some of her legendary tricks include cutting a playing card in half, shooting cigarettes in half while being held by volunteers. I'm not sure we'd pass that these days in terms of safety. Uh, and shooting a dime tossed in the air to ranges of up to 90 feet. She also hit clay targets with a 22 tossed in the air. So I mean, some amazing feats. Um, while yes. exhibition shows like uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, uh, where Annie Oakley was the main attraction, or even the legendary Tom Knapp, uh, his live performances are less frequent these days. Uh, ex- exhibition shooting is alive and well with people just like you, 22 Plankster. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your background and how you got into it. Well, I've been an avid shooter, you know, pretty much all my life. Um, started mostly shooting with rifles at, at an early age. Um, my dad only had one 22 pistol, but I didn't do a lot of shooting with it. And it wasn't until my early 20s, uh, around 2021, 20, that I really really started shooting handguns a lot uh, and especially 22 caliber because you know i had two young kids and you know i had a mortgage and everything else i couldn't afford to go to the range with nine millimeter and 40 you know every time i went i could buy a box of 22 back then for like nine dollars for a box of 550 federal bolt back uh, uh bolt pack and so i would hone my skills you know at my early 20s with a lot a lot and a lot of rimfire shooting and, you know, when I first started doing it, I started shooting with my friends and stuff. And, you know, I thought at first that they were really bad shooters because, you know, my groups and the things that I could hit, I, I thought that anybody could pretty much do that. And then they started saying, hey, man, you're, you're a really, really good shot. And I'm like, well, I just thought I was normal. I just thought you were a really bad shot. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 I didn't, it didn't really dawn on me to probably, 
my probably my early twenties that that I had a, a, a unique gift. That's awesome, and you're showcasing this gift. You know, much different than like Tom Knapp and and others exhibition shooters. Um, YouTube has been your platform of choice. And uh, last time we checked, uh, Brian did the numbers here. You've got 620,000 YouTube subscribers, and it grows every time you release a new video. W- what do you think attracts people to, to YouTube to see your, your feet? Well, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to YouTube these days. Uh, and without getting into a bunch of, of the cons, uh, the pros is that it's pretty much it, it's the beast. It is the largest video viewing uh, platform that that there's out there. Uh, you know, Facebook, it, them and Facebook all the time brag which one's the the largest, but YouTube is the beast. It has always been the beast. Um, and you know, you really never know with with YouTube um, things that you think are going to do really great. They don't hardly do well at all. Um, but the things that you don't think will do very well, they do great. But I guess the biggest thing is, you know, find something you like to do and just stick with it in practice. It, it was, man, it was three years uh, doing this stuff two or three times a week for three years of my life before I even made my first penny on YouTube. I didn't know you can make money, you know, at, when I first started on YouTube, putting up videos. But, yeah, it was three years and probably uh, 30, 40 hours a week uh, doing this stuff before I made my first dime doing it. And, you know, it's just you know, it's what I've been blessed with. Um, God's put this in my lap for a reason (laughs) and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying every second of it. But, uh, if I can give anybody any kind of tips, just, just hard work and stick at it. Awesome. So you, you don't, you don't just sit down and say, all right, I think this video is going to do millions of views. I mean, you're at a hundred million views right now, and I'm sure there's no exact formula, but do you have an an idea or a feeling when you launch one that it's going to be a hit? Yeah, well, sometimes, um, probably about 75% of the time I can upload a video. I'm like, hey, this is going to do very well. Um, there's there's different kind of videos on YouTube, okay? There's videos that you, you when you post them, it's going to be, it'll do very well when you release it. For the first couple of weeks, it may do four, five, six, seven hundred thousand views uh, because usually it's a new product. It's the new talk of the town. You try to get that product out there for people to look. It's Google searchable. Um, and people are searching for that particular firearm or ammunition or what, whatever have you. And then there's also other videos that you can do that will have a good lifespan. Okay. Like, you know, if I wanted to review a nylon 66, you know, they haven't made nylon 66s in years. Um, but if I want to do a review on one, that video is going to progressively get views throughout the life of its, um, as long as it's up there on YouTube, it's not going to get a bunch when it first comes out. But, you know, it, it, it's kind of different. You know, at first, when I started doing YouTube, um, started making a little bit of money at it, I wanted to make everything go viral, no matter how silly, how crazy, how uh, – and everything was safe. But, you know, I try to do, like, goofy things like how many cans of sh- like goofy string or silly string will a 22 go through, you know, and stuff like that because I know that will get views. Now, today with YouTube, our, our money has been – pretty much cut by two thirds. So it doesn't matter if the video gets a million views or if it only gets 10,000 views, you're not getting much money from it anymore. So we've kind of had to change things a little bit, um, in doing that. Yeah. When you talk about millions of views, right. One of your most popular videos out there right now is, will a 22 long rifle go through a hundred balloons, something, you know, 
not many of us would think about because, you know, 100 balloons <laughs> is air, right? I mean, shouldn't yeah. you get a little bit of latex with a lot of air? And so, so where do a lot of those ideas come from? I mean, are you thinking those up in your sleep at night or, or how do you generate some of those um, <laughs> wacky ideas? Well, uh, I used to be an electronic technician for 18 years and I covered about nine counties with my job. So every day I drove between 250 and 300 miles uh, between doing different jobs in between um, all that mileage. And so I had a lot of windshield time every single day. So I would come up with different things um, and different video ideas. Half of them only made the drawing board, but this one came up. I was, I split a bullet on a uh, ax head. And I'm like, you know what? And I looked at it in slow motion because my buddy had a slow uh, high-speed camera. And I was like, that bullet did not even move when it hit that balloon. I'm like, I wonder if I lined up a whole bunch of balloons, how much it would deviate the bullet or the bullet would go through all 100 balloons. So we set up for that shot. And man, it took like three hours to set up for it. And I'm going to redo that shot. And I'm going to redo it different um, here pretty soon. I've been wanting to do it for the past couple of months, but it's just a hard shot to set up. But that's how my, that's how my redneck mind w works with stuff like this. So. <laughs> we all know everything has its physical limitations. Um, yeah. ammunition is no different. Uh, so do you think it's the imagination that you have with the trick shot or people are drawn by really putting something to the test? Well, I, I tell people all the time, um, and this is just my advice. You know, you can ask, you know, a thousand other people who do this for a living, they may give you a different answer. Um, but, you know, when people come on uh, YouTube or any kind of social media platform, there is there's kind of a, a give and take. If you can educate somebody and at the same time entertain them, uh, your job has, in my opinion, my job was successful. So you can go to a place to be entertained and that's good and that's good for a season. But you may find one day that you don't think he's funny or she's funny anymore. You may go to a place that you just want to educate just to learn something. And then one day you're like, well, this guy's very boring to listen to. So if, in my opinion, if you can educate uh, someone and entertain at the same time, I think that is a recipe for a good successful video. It's all about balance. So one of the ways you entertain people, one of your, your signature tricks is splitting playing cards. So what does it take to pull off this this slim trick? Well, um, <laughs> it, it's it's funny you said that. Um, I've split playing cards a lot of different ways. Um, it's not as hard as people think it is. Um, I actually have. Uh, I was a couple of weeks ago. I was training a family uh, that I know really well. They, the mom and dad, were in their mid forties, and their kids were. Uh, one was 15 and the other one was 12 and they were pretty much oblivious to firearms, never shot handguns or anything like that. We had a four hour class, not a professional class, just go over the rules and the safety grip stance, breathing sight picture and stuff like that. And to graduate my class, they had to split a playing card and every one of them said, I can't do this. And I'm like, you've already shot 200 rounds of ammunition. You know how to shoot. Just listen to me when I'm telling you, everybody split a playing card within six shots at like 15 feet. So it can be done. It's not that difficult. Um, now, there is some precision shooting to it, but the smaller the target, usually you focus harder on a smaller target than you would a 10-inch piece of steel out there. So you're, you're using the, your techniques, your breathing, your trigger control, your grip, your stance. Everything comes into play there. And if you can line all those things up, you'll split that card. Sounds easy. 
Yeah. <laughs> we need to do it sometime. <laughs> I think I need to sign up for your class, Dave, because, uh, yeah, I, I, I think of, um, 50 yards at a, you know, at a gopher or a 13 line ground squirrel here in Minnesota. And I think that's the toughest thing to hit. Even that is, um, playing card would be way more difficult. Yeah. I got, I got a, I got a prairie, uh, prairie dog two weeks ago in, uh, three weeks ago in Wyoming at 246 yards with my pistol. With my twenty two pistol. That's a good shot. Wow. Yeah. So now I didn't do it on the first <laughs> shot. I walked him in there. It was like the third shot, but I got it. That's some uh, that's some that's an impressive feat. Um you guys here playing the wind out there. It's never Yes, there was a thirty five mile an hour crosswind. So my holdover was about eight feet high and about two feet left. And you were blindfolded? Um backwards with the mirror on one leg. <laughs> and I don't know how any of us could top that, Dave. You could with enough practice. <laughs> uh, but you've parlayed that um, card splitting trick into other trick shots. Tell us about some of those. Oh, man. I've, with the card splitting, I've split playing cards probably 35, 40 different ways on my channel. Um, I've ricocheted off of bulldozer blades and split playing cards. I've done it backwards. I've done them spinning on bicycle t- uh, tires. I've, I've done them every which shape or form that you can possibly think of. And it's, um, I just recently, um, did a shot two days ago with a company. I don't know if you ever heard of groove rings or not. They make the silicone rings. Um, they came over and they, they, they sent me some rings. And so I just celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary with my wife. And I'm like, you know, what's a better way to celebrate, you know, your wedding anniversary with the trick shot and just shoot through your wedding ring. So that's what I did. So I shot through a, my, wedding ring as it was swinging and i split a playing card on the other side that's love yeah that is love nothing nothing shows love like shooting through your wedding ring (laughs) (laughs) well you know we've also known for a long time and understand safety is a key element in when you're setting up your tricks dave how many times do you think it takes how many do you know about it on average what it takes to to really be successful at one of your trick shots knowing that you have to keep all the factors of safety you know you just talked about ricocheting off a bulldozer blade right so you're, yeah, you're taking that into consideration as you set these trick shots up. Exactly. You know, a lot of times you don't see the backstop. And I have people all the time, well, not all the time, but sometimes come onto my videos like, hey, you don't have a proper backstop. I'm like, I do. You just don't see it, you know, in the video. And 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 being safe is the most important, you know, because the last thing I want to do is, you know, to have somebody try to do something that I'm doing and you know, end up getting hurt, you know? So that's why if it's even borderline, I don't even make videos of me doing things that, that are unsafe. So safety is the number one key element uh, with trick shooting. Absolutely. And, and along those lines, I mean, you, we just signed up the Gould brothers and we're really excited to have Steve and Aaron on board and you, oh, and, yeah. you and Steve just did an, a really awesome trick shot where you used a a mirror backwards and shot a clay in the air with a 22 long rifle. Is that the most difficult shot you've pulled off? That is the most difficult shot I've ever pulled off with somebody else. Cause it was two clays, two shots in the air, both of us aiming backwards with mirrors. Probably I, I have two shots that were equally difficult just for me. Uh, one was, it's an old, old video. My, cameraman at the time chipped a golf ball up in the air with a pitching wedge and i shot it out of the air with a 22 pistol what made that shot so difficult he was a lousy golfer you know one minute that golf ball would be 14 minutes the next time it'd be five foot off the ground and 
you know, another time he'd get a hold of and it would be out there at 100 feet before I even got my sights on it. Uh, but that was that was probably one of the hardest. The second hardest one, it was a shot I did probably about two or three years ago. And it was a shot that we um, that Annie Oakley, who we briefly discussed earlier, uh, shot that she used to do in her shows. And a lot of this stuff with with Annie Oakley and other trick shooters, you don't know if it's old, you know, folk tale or what it is, you know, um, you know, because people over time tend to exaggerate different things that people saw and people did. And one of the shots that she supposedly did was split a playing card at 30 feet and using a lever action rifle. Okay. Not a semi-automatic, but a lever action rifle split a playing card at 30 feet. And the part of the card that she split that goes flying through the air, put a put a bullet hole in that card as it's going through the air. What? So the first shot splits the card and the car's flying through the air you put another round in with a lever action and you shoot again and you shoot a bullet hole through that card. I have done that shot. And that is probably the hardest shot that I've ever had to do by myself. Uh, you know, not doing a co-shot with another trick shooter, but it's difficult because one minute the card will be flying to the right. Next minute it would just drop straight down. Sometimes it would go behind the target. Sometimes go to the left. You never knew where that card was going to go once you split it. So it was two trick shots in one split the playing card. Then the second shot, put another hole in the piece of car that's flying with a lever action rifle. Wow. That, yeah, that, that's awesome. And it, I mean, when you and Steve did that shot, it was especially hot. So I'm sure there's always the, the elements that play in, into the factor. Has there ever been a time where a shot was just so difficult or the conditions were so tough that you just weren't able to do it and you had to scrap yes. it? Yes. There, there has been one shot that I know of that, I did not pull off and I had to scrap it. And I tried and tried and tried. Um, the, you remember a couple of years ago when this blooming water bottle flip thing was all the craze and all the kids were flipping water bottles and they would flip and land on the table. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know, okay. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? So I had in my bright idea that in my mind that, Hey, why don't I tape a playing card on a big Gatorade bottle? Cause it's, cause it had like the widest, um like top that i could find tape a playing card on there flip the water bottle the gatorade bottle in the air in the air split the playing card and the bottle lands like when it flipped so and, and of course record all this with the high speed camera so it's flipping the air the card goes upside down you split it and the bottle lands on the right side up well i could split the card in the air and the bottle wouldn't land or i would miss the card and the bottle would land and because when you're shooting a gun, you'd have to do it all one-handed. So I'd have to flip it with my left hand, which I'm right-handed, shoot with my right hand. And after probably about 50, 75 tries, I'm like, no, no, this one's not going to happen. <laughs> so I gave up on it. So do you have a cadence, um, Dave, that you follow when you release the content to keep your pages fresh? You know, you're always as good as your last trick, right? And i yeah. just curious as if you have a formula that, that helps keep people coming back frequently. Uh, yeah, I tried to, I try to upload YouTube once a week. Um, once a week, by the time, you know, you get your cameraman over here and you film and then you spend the first of the week going through that firearm or practicing or whatever have you, and then another day to edit and then upload and all this other good stuff. So I try to do one week. If, if it's a real quick, you know, video, I can sometimes put out two a week. Um, but you know, one video could easily take up 24 to 25 hours of my time that week. That's amazing. That's a full-time job. 
It, it, it is. It's it's more than a full-time job. A lot of times I put in probably 60 hours, 65 hours a week, every week, seven days a week. So that time and a half over time? No, unfortunately, I don't get time and a half. But, you know, the YouTube's <laughs> just one side of it. It's the other Facebook and the Instagrams and Twitters and all this other stuff that you're constantly getting direct messages on about products and different things. And I try to get to most of them, but it's not uncommon for me to get, you know, 400 direct messages a day. If you need some help, you need an assistant. Well, and see, we've, I've, I've talked about that, but the thing is, I don't, I don't trust anybody else, if that makes sense. Um, because I don't want the assistant to give wrong information because they're not uh, knowledgeable on certain products. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, I've got to do it my own. <laughs> so now the editing and stuff, I think I'm going to start getting my cameraman to start editing more. Uh, as of right now, I'm doing all the edits, but um, he wants to start editing a little bit more. So I think I'm going to give him that responsibility to free up some some more of my time. Yep. Time to uh, delegate. Well, as we get um, closer to wrapping up this segment, Dave, um, let's give us, give us a little history on 22 Plankster. Where did you get this moniker from? Uh, 22 Plankster. Well, it was all by accident. Um this wasn't supposed to happen. Many years ago, there was a show called uh, Top Shot on TV. And um, Dustin Ellerman won season two of, of Top Shot. And at that time, I didn't know Dustin. I, I didn't even have a YouTube channel or anything. But Dustin shot a golf ball with a 22 for Quartzen um, at 100 yards. Well, the next day, my friend and I were talking about it on the phone. He was in Florida. Of course, I'm here in Tennessee. And uh, we were talking about the shot. He was like, man, that's the biggest luck shot in the world. And I'm like, not really. If you have good ammo, good equipment, I'm like, you can do it. He said, well, you can't do it. And I'm like, man, you've seen me shoot. And he was like, I still don't think you can do it. I'm like, well, when I get home, I'll take out my camera and I will film me shooting a golf ball at 100 yards, but I won't do it with the rifle. I will do it with the pistol, which is much, much harder. And he's like, well, I've got to see it to believe it. So when I got home from work, I did not have a like a, a video camera. So I, I used the original droid y'all remember the original droid phones that's what i had so it was the first um droid i guess android phone but it shot 720 and 23 frames per second i think but um put a golf ball up there shot it it went flying well i had to upload that video to youtube so where he could watch it and um i you can't just send a you know 500 meg video via text it's got to go to some kind of platform and so YouTube was making me come up with a username. And so I tried 22 plinker since I was using a 22 and I like to plink around with a pistol that was taken. So I said, what about 22 plinkster? Well, that one's not taken. So uploaded my first video as 22 plinkster. I honestly came up with that name in my kitchen in about two seconds. <laughs> so, well, I think it's stuck in it. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. I think it works really well. Well, uh, up next on the It's Federal Season podcast, we'll have more 22 Plankster, and we're going to talk about the ammo that you use to pull off your shots and the passion for hunting in Tech Talk. Meet the industry's widest variety of game-changing ammunition. However you shoot and whatever you hunt, fortune favors the prepared, and nothing prepares you better than Federal Premium. It's a gold standard advantage delivered directly from the experts in premium ammunition. Find your federal premium advantage today. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and our technology segment, Tech Talk. 
So we're in the Tech Talk segment, and we've asked 22 Plankster to stay on with us to talk rimfire ammunition, including your very own CCI Signature Series Stangers. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are the most important features and benefits in ammunition that make your shot successful? Well, first and foremost, uh, with the trick shooting, it has to be consistent ammo. Um it has to be reliable and it has to be consistent. 90, I would say probably 90% of the time when I do a trick shot, DCI standard, uh, standard velocity. It's a lead projectile traveling at a thousand, I think a thousand sixty thousand seventy feet per second. Um, it's reliable and it's accurate. Most of my trick shots are at like 30 and 40 feet with the handgun. And with that ammo and with my firearms, I can put the same bullet in the same bullet hole each and every time and it's reliable and that's reliability is important because if you get in a groove and you set up for a shot and you're having a problem with the ammunition cycling or whatever have you it can throw you off your game and throw you out of the mindset so it's reliable and it's always been accurate for me awesome so if you're a, a young aspiring shooter and you're interested in becoming a trick shooter what do you tell them about the importance of practice and as it relates to 22 ammunition? Wow. Um, you know, most of your exhibition shooters are going to be using 22. Um, the big thing is it's, it's low recoil and it's extremely accurate, uh, to, you know, up to a hundred yards or so, but you know, my old basketball coach used to tell me this in college, he would always tell me, we've all heard the, all, all of us have heard the saying that, you know, practice makes perfect. Well, he used to say practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And, you know, with rimfire, you can get in a lot of practice with not, you know, robbing the bank. You know, you can you can usually buy, you know, 500 rounds of ammunition for 20 bucks. And when you go out to the range, don't go out there just to have trigger time. You know, make each and every shot a deliberate shot. You know, pick a small target and, you know, that's going to go a long way because, yeah, you know, if you're just shooting a five inch plate, you know, still plate it, you know, 15 yards, that's not, you know, that's not doing you any good. Yeah, it's giving you trigger time. Instead of trying to hit a five inch plate, try to hit something the size of a nickel or a dime or even an aspirin at that same distance. That's going to make you a more consistent, more accurate shooter. And another thing I can tell them is pick one gun and stick to it. Okay. Um, when I started doing my trick shots, I used a 1964 Colt Woodsman with Federal 36 grain champion ammo. That firearm loved that ammo, and it was extremely accurate out of it. I did probably my first 150 videos, 200 videos on YouTube with that Colt Woodsman. I have now since retired that Colt Woodsman after putting about 65 to 70,000 rounds through that one firearm. I don't want it to mess up because you can't get parts for that gun anymore. So I've retired it. And since then I've got a Smith victory build uh, with the courts and barrel and stuff like that, that I've probably put about 40,000 rounds in the past five years in. And now that I'm very, very familiar with this firearm. So, you know, you have to get good uh, with that firearm, the ammunition it lights and just use that one and doing that. It's going to make you a better shooter with all the guns and all the calibers that you use. Great advice. So we know that, obviously, despite your name, 22 Plankster, you shoot a lot of other types of ammunition, too. And, you know, this kind of leads into, you also love to hunt. Yes, Tell us about, sir. Yeah, and all kinds of species. Tell us about your carpenter bee hunting. 
And I want to see your taxidermy bill on those too, by the way. <laughs> you know, a, a good trophy Boone and Crockett, you know, carpenter bee, you're, you're looking at the wingspan. You're mostly looking at the wingspan. Uh, you know, you measure that and, you know, if it's, if it's right there around an inch, you've got a trophy and then, you know, you can measure the antennas on them too. And that's kind of like the kicker points. If they have really long antennas. That Those are the non-typical ones. Those are, those are a little bit harder to find than your traditional carpenter bees, but man, I've got about seven of them right now on my walls and their heads do make a fine trophy. That's awesome. What, what kind of, and just for the listeners, what kind of ammo were you using for that? (laughs) A lot of people freak out. I show in the video what I'm using and people still freak out. Hey man, it's not safe to shoot that bullet. And I'm like, it's not a bullet. It's shot shell. Now, yes, you still have to be safe shooting it, but you know, those shot shells, they're, you know, the loads in there, they're not going very far. They're never 12 shot. I'm using CCI uh, shot shells, and if anybody wants to do this, you know, just make sure you're shooting in a safe direction, but a shorter barrel, the better. So you don't want to go out there and take it with the rifle uh, out there trying to shoot these carpenter bees at like 15, 20 feet because you're not going to get, you're not going to hit many of them because that rifling is going to spin uh, inside of that barrel is going to spin that shot and it's just going to cast that shot outward. So if you have a small barrel, it's going to have less rifling. So it's not going to spin that shot out. It's going to have a little tighter group. Awesome. Well, hopefully we don't have to go murder hornet hunting, but that would be the right ammunition for that. <laughs> I will be the president of that club if we do that. <laughs> Everybody has a calling. You know, uh, seriously, on a, on a serious note, as far as hunting, you know, uh, a year ago, about this time, we were out in Rhode Island together doing a different um, video project, and we went through your phone with all these um, uh, trail camera photos of deer, and um, you've got a little passion for those uh, for those whitetails. I do. I, I love to whitetail hunt, um, you know, from everything from muzzleloader to rifle to archery. I mean, I've probably, at this point in my life, I've probably killed over 100 uh, whitetail, uh, killed several mule deer, but I could, I could, if I had to pick one thing, one animal to hunt, it would be wild turkey, period, done. Can't argue with that. Yeah, that's one of the best cures for spring fever. Man, I just love shooting turkeys in the face. I just, I love calling them up. I love the anticipation of calling them up and them talking to you and outsmarting an old Tom. I just, there's just something about it, man, that I'm, I'm hooked on. You, you just can't beat that whole experience of, you know, being active in in the hunt as far as calling and getting response and and having them come up so close and you you put it pretty eloquently there when you say shoot in the face because that's basically what you do is shooting them right in the face. Yeah, people ask me why I shoot the turkeys in the face. I'm like, well, that's where you're supposed to shoot them. <laughs> so you know, um, and the TSS loads. Oh my goodness, uh, I shoot the eight and ten TSS load three and a half. <sighs> I. Just, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I have I have seen a lot of birds fall at 50, 55 yards that they don't move. They they just, they're dead. So I know good and well, if I have a turkey within 55 yards and I have that TSS three and a half, eight and tens, he's dead. There's no question in mind. That's a dead bird. Yeah. We'd rather get him closer, but we know that the ammunition will take him at long distances. So I- and you're exactly right. I like shooting them at like 10 yards. That's why I prefer shooting them. Um, and most of your turkeys, you know, that I shoot are 25 yards. But, man, I live in Tennessee, and we have these blooming easterns. And they love to lock up at about 50, 55 yards. They will just lock up, and they'll sit there and gobble for three hours. But now that's not a problem now with the TSS. Yeah, it's a, 
it is a fun hunt for sure. So Dave, what are what are we going to see from you coming up in the say the next three to six months? Are we seeing some notifications of some really cool videos you're working on? Yeah, I'm, I've actually this morning I finished my ultimate charger Ruger charger build. So I've got a Ruger charger 22 pistol that I put a quartz carbon fiber barrel on it, and, and Franklin Armor came out with a binary 1022 trigger, and this thing is fast, really fast. So. That's going to be a video coming up. I've got a uh, voodoo rifle uh, video coming up here pretty soon. Uh, if you're familiar with voodoos, you know that they're not cheap, but they're probably the most accurate 22 bolt. Well, in my opinion, they are the most accurate 22 bolt actions in the world. Um, and then I've, I've got a little bit of redneck science coming up. I've got some trick shots coming up. Uh, I already mentioned the wedding ring shot. That's also coming up. So I've got a lot of cool stuff coming up and um, a little bit of gun reviews and trick shots at Redneck Science. Awesome. Well, well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of It's Federal Season. It, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and and I'm sure our listeners are, are excited to hear what you've got to say and some advice for them. So to watch uh, one of Plinkster's videos or many, go feel free to binge. You can go to youtube.com slash user slash 22 Plinkster. Thanks, Dave. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. There's a time and a place for every season. This is that time, and these are those special places. When preparation gives way to anticipation, rituals, and traditions. Friends, family, forever. This is what you live for. It's time to celebrate the annual tradition like no other. It's federal season. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and the News and Notes segment. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and the News and Notes segment. I'm Brian Kellington, Director of Media. Federal is running a Stay Sharp promotion. Get a free exclusive Havilon hunting knife. Buy at least two boxes of qualifying Federal Premium Big Game Centerfire Rifle or Handgun Hunting Ammunition to get a free exclusive Federal branded Havilon hunting knife with a retail value of $59.99. Minimum purchase is two boxes of great hunting cartridges loaded with terminal ascent bullets, trophy tip, trophy copper, nozzle partition, and many more. Maximum rebate is two knives per person or household. Go to federalpremium.com slash promotions to learn more about all the options. This promotion kicked off on August 1st and runs through December 31st, 2020. Another great offer for whitetail enthusiasts from Federal is drop some bucks. Buy at least two boxes of Federal Fusion centerfire rifle or handgun ammunition to get a rebate of $5 per box. Minimum purchase, two boxes required. Maximum rebate is $25 per person or household. To learn more about this great value on a bonded hunting bullet with consistent expansion, accuracy, and high weight retention, a deadly combination on a whitetail, go to federalpremium.com promotions. Who says a trucker hat can't be classy? Made by Richardson, Federal's leather patch hat is decorated with a real leather patch. The quality cap is available in three colors. The adjustable snapback enclosure on this hat makes it a one-size-fits-all. Check out federalpremium.com slash merchandise for all the branded apparel or gear 
and wear your federal pride on the range, in the field, while enjoying a great summer evening by the fire with friends and family. Our next podcast is set for release on September 17th. Federal will get you ready for the hunting season with a discussion on ballistics and how to prepare for a hunt of a lifetime. If you like the Federal Season podcast, be sure to let us know by filling out a rating and review on iTunes. And remember, for us, it's always in season because it's Federal Season.